Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing today? Good? Come on, let's give it up for Jesus in this house. I think we can do that this morning. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. See, you don't even know what you're ready for. You're just already talking. You don't listen. Right, we're going to get ready to jump into the second part of our Authentic Flourishing series. And uh, man, it's, it's so awesome. I love it when the fair comes into town because it's one of those cool things that you can witness. How many guys have ever seen like the Discovery Channel where they get into a Jeep and they go like out into the plains of Africa and they're watching and observing those weird creatures? You guys ever seen stuff like that before? I feel like the fair is the same way, except... All it is is all the people of Walmart in one place at one time in Pensacola, Florida. So if you don't know what that is, you're guilty. Anyway, so let's get into what we have for today. Today we want to talk to you. Pastor Dan did a great job. And while it is October, I want to pause for just a second. He honored us last week, and I'm so grateful. Pastor Justin and myself are always grateful that Pastor Dan... Uh, wants to honor us, but let's take a moment and honor for Pastor Appreciation Month, our founding pastor. That's Pastor Dan Livingston, so let's give it up for him in this house. Come on, we can do better than that. I just believe we can. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's give it up for him. I do that because he hates it. All right, so let's keep going. Authentic Flourish. And get your notes out, guys. Let's get ready to get into it this morning. And we're going to start with our theme verse for this month, which is Ephesians 3.20. And it says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, turn to your neighbor and say immeasurably more, which means more than you could measure. How crazy is that? Then all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, right? So he's, he's able to do immeasurably more, right? Psalms 35.27 says this, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Yeah, and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Turn to your neighbor and say prosperity. Now listen to me. I, I, I'm actually, I, I don't like and I take a very firm stance against the prosperity gospel that if you just give your life to the Lord, he gives you the nice car and the yacht and the big house and all those things. Um, because I think what we're doing is we're trying to put a price tag on what God is. And if, you get, if, you, if you'll buy into God, that means you'll get all these things. And the reality is if you'll buy into God, he'll change your heart towards all of these things. And we'll seek him, just like Tremaine said, we'll seek him in his righteousness. And then he'll add the things that should belong to us, not the things that we necessarily want to belong to us. But if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he's omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent means he has all power, he's everywhere, and he has all knowledge, wouldn't you want him being the one that gives you everything you need? And so because of that, his prosperity may be different from ours, but he'll always take care of us. And how many guys are grateful for that, right? So after Pastor kicked off the Authentic Flourishing series last week, I wanted to give you three things that I believe uh, that we know uh, that God thinks about where you are right now. All right? So these are three things that God thinks about where you are right now. Number one, God is interested in your flourishing. I want you to write that down. God is interested in your flourishing, which means some of us tend to think, 
Because of circumstances in our life, we go, man, I just don't know. How many guys have ever been in that place where you're going, I mean, I think maybe God forgot about me. Maybe he's not hearing my prayers. He doesn't know where I'm at. And because of our circumstances, we allow that in our mind to dictate God's proximity to us or his ability to even hear us. The reality is God is interested. Turn to your neighbor and say, interested. You're going to talk to your neighbor some, so hit that Altoid real quick, okay? So God is interested in your flourishing, all right? He's interested in you. Why? And the second one is that God is invested in your flourishing. Now, I don't know, some of you probably don't play the stock market, but let's say you did have, let's say you bought some stocks out there, right? Let's say, I want you all for a second to imagine you'd spent $10,000 on stock in something you believe in, right? Maybe Apple, right? How many guys, like, I know some of you are weird people and you use Androids, but for the rest of the world, right? So <clears throat> you spent $10,000 in Apple. How many of you would be going and checking the, the, uh, the stock market to see if that had gone up any? Where, like, I want to know, 10 Gs, listen, that's a, a lot, okay? So... Well, guess what? God is giving to us out of his account, and he's invested in our flourishing because if we flourish with what he gives us, he knows he's going to get a return on his, he's going to get interest on his return. You guys with me today? In other words, how does God distribute what he has? Well, he distributes it through his people. But the thing is, and number three, put it up there, God is inspecting your flourishing. So here's how I break this down for you, because uh, what does God think about flourishing? God is inspecting to see what you're doing with what he's given you so that he knows if his investment is worth giving you more because his interest is what you do with what he's given you. So if you're, reaching, if you're helping reach lost people and you're helping sow into people, then he sees that as a worthy investment and he's going to keep on inspecting what you're doing with it to know if he can continue to give it back to you. So people say, how do I make sure I stay locked into God's blessing in my life? Keep doing what he wants with what he's giving you. And maybe take a small break every once in a while from what you want from what he's giving you. That's quiet. All right. So y'all soak that up and do what you want with it then. So how many guys know God has a plan for us? We have to follow through with the plan. Come on, somebody. Right. So what I want to talk to you today about, and, and to even show you this, is seed in the ground. Check this out, Jeremiah 17.10, to go along with this. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to, say this word with me, reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So God is inspecting us. He's inspecting our hearts to see if he can give us more of an investment because he's interested in us. So he wants to invest us with a reward according to our conduct. Therefore, he's inspecting. You guys with me? Check out this next one. Revelation twenty two twelve says this. Behold, I am coming quickly and my, say it with me, reward is with me to give to each one according to what he has done. So he's inspecting, right? He's, he's invested. He's inspecting. Why? Because he wants to see what we're going to do with what he's given us, right? 
How many guys have ever, uh, you know, I, I call it duplicity. I talked to the leadership pipeline this week about duplicity. How many guys has God, you ever told God, listen, if I, if I do this, if I sell this, if I sell this house, I'm going to take part of the money and I'm going to give it to whatever. How many guys have ever done that before? Maybe not a house, but God, if you'll bless me with this, I'm going to do this with it. I'm, I'm probably sure I'm going to do this, right? And then you get the blessing because it does work out. What's the first question that goes through your mind? Ooh, I could really buy that thing that I've been wanting quite a while, right? How many guys, okay, no one else is honest in here, just me and someone over here, awesome. No, how many guys will admit sometimes we, that we have that wrestle in our heart? My wife, we joke around all the time. How many guys do that if I won the lottery game? 1.6 billion people, come on. Everyone's thinking about, that's life-changing money for the people you don't know. Come on, so like, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, like 1.6 million is life-changing for me and my family. 1.6 billion, you're changing the economy in your state. Come on, somebody. Like, because I'm buying the dumbest stuff in the world, and I'm helping people, too. I, that's a given. But so me and my wife play the what would I do if I won the lottery, and we're like, we would pay off all our family's houses, and blah, blah, blah. Like, we're just doing that. 1.6 billion, you could pay off your whole family's neighborhoods. But anyway, so we're doing the what would we do. And so we, we were talking about it the other day. And I, I told my wife, I said, babe, I already told God if he would let us win the lottery, not that I've bought any tickets or anything, however that works. But I said, if he would let us win the lottery, I would, I would give half of it to the church. And she said, half? I said, great. Now we're not going to win because he don't think he can trust us with it. She said, I'll tithe and give a little extra. I said, 1.6 billion. We could anyway. So but God is invested in what we're doing with what he's given us. You with me today? Now, what I want to help you understand today is that today isn't, isn't really about money at all. Pastor Dan did talk about tithing, and he talked about money last week. But today I want to talk to you about seed in the ground in a different kind of way. All right? So let's get into it today for what we have, because I believe it is our time to flourish. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's my time to flourish. Now turn to the person on the other side of you you just neglected right? Because they smell bad. I get it. I get it. Tell them it's my time to flourish. All right. So I know some of y'all looking at it. I'm like, uh, uh. okay. So, but it's, it's our time. And so the first thing that I want you to understand with it being my time is that flourishing is conditional. Flourishing is conditional. Now, if you were with us last year for the blessed series, how many of you were with us for the blessed series last year? You guys remember that? How many guys remember the if and then, right? If and then. So let's play that real quick. For those of you that weren't here, uh, I'm going to say if, and I want you to say then. All right? You guys with me? This section over here, if. All right, that was not that good. Let's try this side over here. If. See, they got y'all beat. Middle middle cry. If. See? All right. Very good. I heard someone over here. You're not following directions. Get it together. Okay, so. One more time, I'll give you another chance. If, so God is a conditional blessing God. In other words, if you do, then there waits a blessing for you. All right, so God is, God is abundantly clear. So I wanna, let's visit Joshua 1 and look at what he has to say about it, right? Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. How many want to be successful wherever you go? How many want to be successful at work? How many want to be successful, right, on the job? You want to be successful in school? You want to be successful in raising those knuckleheads you call children? Come on, somebody. Like, y'all do, we want to be successful, right? So we want to be prosperous and successful. So what happens is we, if, is we find ourselves in this position where it says, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on day and night, 
Why? So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, say that word with me. Underline it, circle it, write it on your kid's forehead, whatever you got to do. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You see, God's flourishment in our life, the flourishing life, is a conditional promise, not a guaranteed promise. In other words, there's a, if you do X, then I'll give you Y and Z. But what happens is we just assume that because we stepped into uh, church on Sunday or because we are praying to God or because we believe in him or our faith is in him or because we're saved or, or wherever you're at in your journey, we, we assume that God owes us something just because we believe in him. Now, when we put our faith in Jesus, he has given us a promise. That's an if and a then. If you would believe, confess, repent from your sins, then eternal life in heaven waits for you. But what we believe, and sometimes we've been misguided to believe, is that when we locked into that if, all of the thens become open to us. But there's a blessing and a life that is actually above the one you're living right now that's available to you that is conditional on a different type of if. So what do we want you to believe today? Number one, it's conditional. So what are the three areas we can do that? Pastor gave them to us last week, but let's hit them real quick. Areas of flourishing, number one, is that it's in our treasure or in our finances, right? There is a blessed life financially that can come from the Lord that only he holds the key to. How many guys have ever been blessed when it didn't make sense, right? How many guys, how many guys ever found yourself going, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, and that check from nobody shows up in your mailbox? Come on, someone. Listen, I know for me and my wife, we've had situations along the journey and, and with my son and, and the health problems that he had for so long, and doing that where we found ourselves 20, 40, 60, hundreds of thousands of dollars in doctors and hospital bills, and I just randomly we would find ourselves in a pinch where we couldn't afford it and we'd be having a conversation about what we were going to be cutting out of our budget and then we would look on our bank account and someone had dropped ten thousand dollars in there listen ten thousand dollars i don't know about you but you would be amening a little louder if it was your bank account that got ten thousand how many guys know believe that god can drop something on you even when you don't know it's coming come on so like and here's the deal it's the if and the then and what some of us tend to do, and we're going to get in this a little bit more, what some of us tend to do is there's a time to plant and then there's a time to harvest. Now, I know no, most of you aren't farmers in here, okay? I didn't see you coming in your overalls and your boots, all right? But you put seed in the ground, but then you water it, and then it gets sunshine, and then it gets water and sunshine. And, and what happens is you cultivate the harvest over time. You guys with me today? So you put something in the ground, and then you, over uh, taking care of it, making sure it's getting what it needs, it becomes a flourishment. You guys with me today? What some of us tend to do is we wait till the season that we need the harvest to start putting seed in the ground. And then we get mad at God when it's not a full-blown tree yet. God, I gave yesterday. How come you haven't? Yesterday you get. Now, can he do it? Of course he can. But is that usually how harvesting works? No. It's taking care. So the areas of force, number one, is our treasure. We're, like I said, we're not going to spend as much time going forward, but we're still there. Number two is time. 
Areas of flourishing. How many guys, maybe financially, you're doing, you're comfortable, but you could just use some more time in the day. Where are you got, where, where are those people at, right? That's me. For me, time is money. I would love an extra four hours in the day. Um, of course, I'd probably fill it with something that's stupid. But anyway, so time, right? And then number three is our talents. Our time and our talents. And, and that's more of kind of the lane I want to roll in as we move forward today. Is the areas of flourishing for you is all about putting seed in the ground in the areas that you want the harvest. So you say, I want more time. I, I wish God could, could, could extend the hours in the day. Well, I don't think he's going to give you a 25 and 26. But I do think that he can help you become more productive in the areas that you are working so that you have more time to do the things you love. He can do that. For some people, I had a young lady come to me uh, two weeks ago. She sat down. She said, Pastor, I'm so excited. She said, I've been serving on the dream team now for about a month. And I told God that I'm going to take off Sundays from now on. She was working on Sundays. She said, I'm taking off Sundays from now on. I'm not working anymore Sundays. And I told God, I'm giving you that day. And when I'm going to serve on the dream team. She stays for two services. She's been killing it. She's awesome. And so she came to me. She said, I'm doing that. And what happened, then she came to me uh, a week ago and she said, Pastor, guess what? I just got a raise to make up for the difference in pay from when I took my Sundays off plus an extra day. In other words, she, yeah, you can clap for that. Like she, she took a pay cut to give God some more of her time and her talents. And in turn, he gave back to her enough that she didn't have to sacrifice any of it. She got more back. Because she put some seed in the ground and took care of it. Why? Because sometimes it's not always about treasure. Some of us just want some more time. Some of us don't necessarily want more talents. We just want to do more with what we've got. Well, that's what God's here for, to help us move in that process, right? So flourishing is conditional, right? You guys with me today? So if, that was weak. Try it again. If, all right, so if we follow the principles, then there waits a blessing for us on the other side. Now, again, I'm not promising you're getting a yacht tomorrow, all right? 32-foot whatever is not necessarily sitting in the bay waiting for you. But if it is, 850 I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> right, so what I'm saying is the prosperous life is about the life that's worth living, and let's live that life. Number two, flourishing is obtainable. Flourishing is obtainable. I think for some people, this is a hard. Like, this is something hard to grasp for some people. For for some of you, whether you're watching us online or whether you're in the room, for some of you, this has seemed so far fetched for so long. You've given up on trying. The flourishing life in your finances, in your time, in your talents, all those things, the flourishing life in that has, has, you've been so far removed from that thought process, you don't even believe it's possible, and I'm here to tell you that it is. That God can do exceedingly abundantly more than you could think or imagine. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Now, I know in this day and age, that don't mean a lot, right? Other than the fact that he could cook a lot of steak, okay? But... What I'm telling you is, in the era that the time that the Bible was written, to own the cattle on a thousand hills meant you had wealth beyond measure. Because you didn't just own the hills, 
You own the cattle on a thousand hills, which means your bank account never ends, right? And the, the term a thousand hills isn't even necessarily about the thousand mark. It's that you can't even see a thousand hills, which means that his wealth goes on forever. And again, if you're going to be blessed by someone, I'd rather be the one whose wealth goes on forever, all right? Now, if Jeff Bezos or any of those guys want to write me a check, I'll take that too. But God's wealth, is, God is who I'm going after because his wealth never ends. So flourishing is obtainable, right? Second Corinthians says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Now, I'm going to take this out of the financial context for a second, and let's go back to time, right? Turn to your neighbor and say time. Let's go back to time for just a second. Whoever sows sparingly also reaps sparingly. Now, maybe you think to yourself, I, there is no possible way that I could serve or I could be a part of the dream team or I could be a part of giving some of my time. I'm so busy. I believe you probably are very, very busy. Here's the deal. If you're not sowing time, then you're never going to reap time. Stay with me, guys. If you're not sowing time, you're never going to reap time. So whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. So, and whoever sows generously, say generously, will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I don't know about you guys, Sunday's my favorite day. I love waking up on Sunday. I love showing up. I love seeing all of you beautiful people. I love doing the whole thing. I love preaching to you guys. I love to be a part of this team. Why? Because as I give my time and as I give my talents and as, as I give my tithes and my offerings on Sunday, I do it cheerfully. You want to know why? Because it changes how you're putting the seed in the ground. When, when you give your time but you're going, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. God's not blessing that. And even when you show up to work, some of you are asking for a promotion that you're, uh, from the job that you're cursing with your own mouth. I hate this place. I hate my boss. I hate my coworkers. I hate my cubicle. I hate the fact that they painted it gray. I hate the floors. I hate the bathrooms. I hate the single pot toilet paper they got in here. Like, whatever. You hate all, like, but God, please bless me at my job. It's like, well, that's not, that's not going to work, friend. Because you're not sowing generously into the atmosphere that you're working in, but you want to reap a generous atmosphere. We got to change the way we treat what we're looking for God to bless. And FYI, as a former business owner who had employees, if the business is blessed, that's the only way you could get blessed from the business. So show up to work being better so that the business can be better so that they can take care of you better. That's just, that ain't even in my notes. I'm just giving that to you for free, okay? So like, now if you work for a terrible place, maybe they don't bless you. I don't know how that works for you, but what I'm saying is if, they don't, if they're, the business is going broke, so are you, okay? So there it is. But let's keep going. For God was a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In other words, God's looking to give you all that you need so that you can do all the things that he's called you to. But if you're not looking to do all the things he called you to, stop expecting to abound in every good work. In other words, if you're saying, God, I don't know if I want to give you this, and I don't know if I want to give you that. I don't know if I want to stay for two services. I don't know if I want to serve in the dream team. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to do any of these things, but God, I just want you to bless me. God's going, 
For what? Like, how many of you have kids? Where, where are the people that got kids at? How many of you have, give kids the chores? How many of you gave kids? Now, this new thing where you buy them a car because they did chores, I don't get that. I don't understand it. It's confusing to me. But, but how, how many of y'all remember doing chores? At least y'all can remember doing them. Okay, there we go. That's better. Right? We remember doing chores. How many of you did chores to get stuff? Right? Everyone under 40. The rest of you just did chores. Right? Okay, so, but here's the thing. How many of you guys remember what you, you did it with an expectation? Right? We did the chores with an expectation. Right? But some of us, how many of you guys know you didn't, you, maybe it was, maybe you got $10 a week or something to go to the store and buy whatever. How many of you guys know you didn't just show up at home and expect to get the $10? You weren't like, I'm here. Give me my money, please. How many of you guys know that didn't work, right? That's not, how, that's not how that went. You showed up, but then you gave some of yourself, and in return, you got something back. The house of God is the same way. Some of us are going, I'm here. Financial blessing, please. Spiritual blessing, please. Emotional blessing, please. Please fix my marriage, my kids, my job, the neighbor that I hate. But we're not investing anything ourselves. We're just looking to get something back. Essentially, God has become a secondary savior and a primary candy man for us. Number three, <laughs> flourishing is seasonal. Flourishing is seasonal. Now, you remember what I talked about earlier when I said there's a, there's a time frame between when you put the seed in the ground and when you get the harvest, right? You guys remember we talked about that? Because flourishing is seasonal. But here, here's the question that I have for you. If flourishing is seasonal and we know that it is, the Bible used sowing and reaping and harvesting a lot. He used the idea of planting crops a lot because what God wanted us to always understand is there's always time gaps between the gift and the blessing. There's always time gaps between the sowing and the reaping. There's always time gaps between what you give and what you get. There's, there's always time gaps in between there. And your faithfulness during the time gap determines the amount of harvest at the end. But here's the way I choose to live my life, and I invite you to join me, okay? So I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just giving you an idea, and I invite you to join me on this. I always put seed in the ground. I always put seed in the ground. How do you do that, Pastor? Every time I go into the store and buy something I don't need, come on, somebody, where are those people at? Amen. All right, so there we go. All right, so the rest of you are lying, okay? So... But every once in a while, I'll go, to the, I'll go into the, the, the local gas station or something, get an energy drink. And, you know, it gives you the option because we all use plastic now. We're all swiping our card. It says, do you want cash back? I always say, yes. Yes. How much do you want? $5. I do that every time. I take the $5. I put it in my truck. And every chance that I get that I pass someone on the street corner or when the Lord speaks to my heart and says, hey, give them that. Here. Here's five bucks. Here's five bucks. My wife is probably going to freak out right now. She doesn't realize when we, we haven't really talked about this in the budget. But anyway, so, but I'm just constantly, I'm just constantly, I, I, I look, every opportunity, I, I'm constantly putting seed in the ground. But you want to know how, you want to know why I'm not necessarily shocked when that $10,000 showed up in our bank account? Because I already knew I had seed in the ground. I'm always putting seed in the ground. Here's five bucks. Someone comes to me, 
you know, I, every once in a while I'll text my wife, hey, so-and-so's going through this. So she, she's, she's caught on about two years ago. Now she does it to me. Hey, and she controls the finances in the house. When I say controls, like she monitors them. I'm not good at it. I'm the guy that buys the stuff he doesn't need with the money we barely have. Okay, so that's just me. I'm letting you know right now. My wife keeps me in check. She goes, we're getting a little low on the bank account. And then in all caps, and I can hear the growl in her text, right? Like, don't spend any more money. With six exclamation points and some emojis with their breathing fire. Anyway, so, so she, she'll send me that every once in a while. But even she's caught on now. She'll say, hey, so-and-so is going through this. And I just want you to know, I sent him $150. I said, $150? I'm just kidding. That's not what I said. I said, sounds good. And now we're in a competition to see who can bless the most people. Just giving it away, giving it away, giving it away. You wanna know why? Because the bank account's never gone empty and we've never been looking for anything. We're in the middle of buying, we're in the middle of renovating a house right now. I say we very loosely because it's really just been Pastor Dan who's been renovating our house lately. Uh, but we've been in the middle of renovating our house right now. We're getting ready to move in and, and we're paying because we're trying to sell the other house. So we're having to pay two mortgages two electric bills and two water bills. And we're blessed, but we ain't blessed like that for long. I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so, and so we've been paying all that and we had a conversation this week because my wife didn't grow up wealthy, neither did I, but anyways. So she worries about money a little more often than I do. I'll put it that way. She's the one that goes, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I sat down with her and I, I told her to look at me she hates it when I do that. I said, look at me. I said, I haven't let you down before and I won't start now. I said, God will take care of us because we always take care of other people. And so listen, I'm inviting you on a journey with me. I'm not telling you what to do. People wanna know, pastor, how do you always have so much joy? Your son passed away six months ago. For those of you that are new that don't know, we lost our son six months ago. And there are days that are hard, but they go, Pastor, how are you doing it? Because I always got seed in the ground. Even with my joy and my time, I'm looking for people that look down and I'm saying, listen, God's gonna get you through this. God's gonna get you through this. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> well, then let's, let's talk then, because you don't know what I'm going through, but I've always got seed in the ground. I'm always sowing joy. I'm always giving my time. I'm always giving finances. I'm always putting seed in the ground. Why? Because there's a gap between what I'm giving and what I'm getting. And I want to know that when I get what I've got coming, that it's worth getting because I put so much in the ground along the way. But guess what that also means? That also means that that $10,000 check that hit our bank account when we were going through it, not even a week later, another $5,000 hit our bank account out of nowhere. Didn't even see it coming. And then a few days after that, $2,000 hit our bank account and we didn't even see it coming. You want to know why? Because I don't put seed in the ground once and then just wait. I continually plant seed in the ground constantly. And it's not always about finances. See, what you don't know is that when my wife was pregnant with our baby boy, she lost our mom to cancer. And she used up all of her leave time that she had set aside to be with our son after he was born. She actually used all of that to help with her father and the arrangements and all the things that come from when a family member passes like that. And so she used up all her leave time. So she was going to have to go back to work immediately. But guess what? We're always putting seed in the ground. 
And so as we were putting seed in the ground, guess what happened whenever she used up all her lead time? Word got out in her office that she had used up all of her time and employees in her department that work for the state donated three months worth of hours to her so she could take three straight months off after she had our son. What I'm telling you is as long as you're putting seed in the ground, God will bring it back to you immeasurably more than you could think or imagine. He will constantly bring it into your life. So I'm not telling you to do something. I'm inviting you on a journey that says when you give, he'll give back to you. When you, when you sow, you'll reap. Because God is a conditional God, but he's also a covenant God. And he never breaks his covenant with you. So it's conditional, it's obtainable, and it's seasonal, right? So I wanna give you these things that you can do on this journey, this little list to help you. And it's keys to authentic flourishing. The first one is to choose good soil. Choose good soil. See, some of you are sowing into family members that are knuckleheads and you wanna know why a blessing's not coming back because you're sowing into bad soil. Sow into the soil that will bring a harvest. See, some of you parents keep trying to sow into children whose hearts have already gone cold and you're passing up 15 other people that you could be blessing with that, trying to pound your seed into soil that's not receptive. I'm not telling you not to pray for them, pray for them. I'm not telling you not to give to them, give to them, but while you take care of them, look for others that you could be blessing along the way. And again, maybe it's not money. Maybe you just show up at somebody's house for a coffee and you give them two hours and it changes their week. Maybe it's about serving on the dream team. I love our dream team. Right now, I want you to put your hands together for our dream team all across this. If you guys are on it, man, we love you guys. For those of you, maybe it's your first time, our dream team is every single person that serves here at TC. They're the best people ever. On the way in, you probably got high-fived by some of them. They're, they're greeting at the door. They're in the parking lot right now. They're taking care of your kids. If you have children at our TC Kids, they're up here playing on our platform. What, and, and what, I don't ever do this, but I want you to welcome my boy, Aaron Fitch. It's his first Sunday on the platform, so uh, give it up for him. So, but you know what? These guys get to live a blessed life because they give. But I love these guys, man. And ladies, sorry, ladies, we love you too, right? But you gotta choose good soil. So make a difference, but with good soil. Number two, always have seed in the ground. Always have seed in the ground. Every once in a while, life gets busy. How many guys know life gets busy? Life gets busy. Every once in a while, I look up and I go, man, I haven't done the $5 thing in a week. So you know what the first thing I do is? I go get in my truck and I drive, go get me an energy drink or whatever, a bottle of water to get some money out and I just go look for somebody. Now, I have the type of employment that I can go do that. I'm not talking about financial, I'm talking about from a time perspective, but pay attention, always have seed in the ground. And again, maybe it's not money. Maybe you, you sit down today after church and you go, man, it's been three weeks since we've hung out with some of our friends and poured life into them. How many of you guys know some of your friends are a drain on you and then some of them give life to you? Come on, somebody, y'all with me today? How many of y'all like, you say, wait, well, I got enough drainers in my life. I need some life givers, right? If you need some life givers, be a life giver, right? So always have seed in the ground. Number three, always know that gratitude is the fertilizer. Gratitude is the fertilizer to help your harvest grow. And I, even, I thought about this after we wrote this down. Even dealing with the crap, 
fertilizer. Be grateful for the crap sometimes. Y'all with me today? Even in the midst of things going on in your life that you're going, I don't want to deal with this. You know what? God chose you to deal with it. That means he believes that you could. So even be grateful for the fact that God believes enough in you to help carry you through the thing that you're going through. Just be grateful. You just need to wake up every morning and go, God, thank you. Thank you for today. How many of us wake up after the third snooze button and we hit the ground running and we never gave God a thank you? How many guys know it would feel good to go, God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for breath in my lungs. Thank you that I got shoes and clothes to put on. Thank you that I got food to eat. Thank you that, thank you that I could stop on the way to work and get that drink and get that $5 and give it to someone else. Thank you, because I have gratitude. I'll tell you one thing, gratitude is the greatest blessing fertilizer you'll ever have in your life. Because God loves a cheerful giver. That means he loves someone who's thankful for what they have. Then number four, look for your harvest. Look for your harvest. Anybody know, if you've ever met a farmer, they don't put seed in the ground and walk away and go, I really hope that works out. They go looking for that harvest. They go looking for what might be growing, right? So look for your harvest. And then lastly, number five, replant from your harvest. When God gives you something, take part of what he gave you and replant it again. Take part of the bigger blessing that he gave you and become a bigger blessing with it. Because what'll happen is when you, when you, when you give more, then what you've got is more to put back in the ground, which means he's gonna give you more. Guess what that means? You've got more to put back in the ground. Guess what that means? That means you can give more to put back in the ground because he blessed you with more. Now you got more to put back in the ground. How many of you would like to be in a competition with God between how much you can give and how much he can give back? Come on, somebody. I'd like to be in that part right there, right? So here's a way you can do that, right? So outside in the lobbies, starting the second week of November, right? The second week of November. This is one of the ways you can do this. And this isn't a money thing. This is a time thing. All right. So I'm challenging you on time first, because I believe every one of us can do this. Our money situations get out, you know, sometimes, but everyone's got time. In the second week of November for four straight weeks, we're doing the series called At The Movies. Now with At The Movies, we're doing, we're taking four movies and we're going to cut them up. We're going to break them down and we're going to interject some preaching of godly uh, sources and biblical ideas into movies that we already know and love. All right. So the first one is the new Spider-Man. We're going to watch the new Spider-Man here at Transformation Church. We're going to have popcorn, Cokes and waters. Okay. So just so you know, the next one is uh, Black Panther. So if you guys are Marvel fans, you're going to love this. So we're going to do Black Panther. It's going to be amazing. The next one is Avengers Infinity War. I know, we just love the Avengers here at Transformation Church. I don't know what to do, but so we're doing Avengers Infinity War. And then last, because it's gonna be the first Sunday of December and we're kicking off the Twas the Night uh, Christmas series for all of December, we're watching Home Alone 2 right here at Transformation Church. It's gonna be a great time. So, so listen, it's gonna be so much fun. But here's the thing, there's some people that are just waiting on someone to step into their life and say, hey, won't you come to this with me? You don't even got to worry. It's not even going to be like, to me, we have a great church service and it doesn't feel like church that I used to go to sometimes where I was kind of like, man, I don't know if I could bring unsaved people to this. This might be weird. What would they think? I can promise you, you can bring anybody to this. And it's going to be a good time. 
So in the lobbies outside of the sanctuary on both ends, you can check out, <clears throat> we've got invite cards that are this size. You can put them in your wallet, your purse, whatever. Listen, invite some people, but here's the deal. Every invite that you pause for 30 seconds to say, I would love it if you would join me at one of these. And the dates are on the back, so you know what dates they are, the times, everything's on there. Taking 30 seconds throughout the week for five or six people, you're giving some of your time. And listen to me, God's gonna give it back to you. Here's the only thing that I want you to do when he does is make sure you recognize him for it. Y'all with me today? Make sure we give God the recognition he deserves when he gives us what we never deserve, even above grace. You guys with me today? You guys with me on Authentic Flourishing? Let's give our hand, put our hands together for God this morning. Awesome. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that everything we have is yours. God, yes, our finances, we only have it because you gave it to us. But even above that, above our finances, time, talents, God, everything we have is because you've blessed us with it. So God, our desire is that we would just give back to you. So Father, as we give back to you, God, I pray that you do immeasurably more with what we have. And we thank you today and we love you. With every head bowed and your eyes closed today, maybe you're in this place and the idea of flourishing is something you're definitely, you're saying, man, pastor, I need, I need to lock into that. But before you do that, maybe you're thinking to yourself, man, the thing I really need though, I need to get my life right with God. Maybe, you, maybe you're a good person, you do good things, but today your life isn't where it needs to be. And you say, Pastor, I've, I'm tired of trying to do it my way. And what I need is for God to change my life. Today, the beauty of the gospel is this, that when Jesus went to the cross, paid for our sins, that today, if you wanna receive eternal life, all you have to do is put your faith in him. And if that's you today, you say, Pastor, I'm tired of trying to do it my way and I'm ready to do it God's way. I wanna give him my life today. If that's you, I'm not gonna to come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. I wanna pray for you. You said, that's me, pastor. Pray for me. If that's you, right where you sit, will you just raise your hand today? That's me, pastor. I wanna want give God my life. God bless you. God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down because I'm not here to embarrass you. We just wanna pray with you today. Is there more that says, that's me, pastor. I wanna give God my life today. I wanna do it his way. Maybe you're watching us online and you're agreeing with some of those in the room that's already raised their hand and said, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to give God my life. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And the whole church is gonna pray with you so you're not praying it by yourself. This prayer doesn't make you saved. What this prayer does is acknowledges with your words what you already believe in your heart. And that's that Jesus has saved you by paying your price on the cross. So today, let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I believe in you. I put my faith in you and I'm gonna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. TC, let's put our hands together for those that pray that. Awesome, perhaps for the very first time, man, we celebrate with you.
Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.